Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday, August 4th, 2023. This week, Lord Zenu is hit with a lawsuit. A woman makes a daring escape from her kidnapper in Oregon. And what did Lori Daybell say in court that creeped everybody the hell out? I'm going to tell you. Stay tuned. Yes, super excited. We are all pumped to have James Author Renner. James Renner. That James Renner has zeroed in. James Renner's once again drops a bombshell. Investigative journalist reporter James Renner, who's been James on the podcast Renner. a long time. Friday, writer, James Renner. And welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, the numbers have been up the last couple of weeks, so we've got a lot of new listeners. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you like this thing, what I do, uh, tell somebody about it. If you like it, tell somebody. I'm sure you know somebody deep into true crime. Send them a link to the show. Say, hey, you got to check this out. This guy is ridiculous. Uh, I'm also uh, hard at work on writing the next season of The Philosophy of Crime podcast, my other podcast. I release it once a year, six episodes, and, and there you go. It takes me a little bit longer to write those things, but um, gets into philosophy and crime, hence the name. Check it out. Um, it's, I think, late September is when I'm going to release the next season, so uh, stay tuned. And tomorrow I start work on, a, on another standalone podcast about a single crime, or kind of multiple crimes twisted around each other. More on that soon. It's it's kind of hush-hush right now. So, um, but how's that for vague posting? Uh, uh, let's get to the top stories. That's what you came for. Let's get to it. There's no doubt about it. The top true crime story this week is about none other than former President Donald Trump, who pled not guilty this week. Uh, to charges that he conspired to overthrow the results of the 2020 election, according to the New York Times. He appeared in court this week, not far, by the way, in the shadow, as they say, of the Capitol building, where Trump's disciples staged an attempted coup on January 6th. Now, he's facing three charges here, conspiring to defraud the U.S. government, which he's charged along with some co-conspirators such as Rudy Giuliani, uh, prosecutors allege that Trump helped organize slates of fake electors in, 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 in a, an attempt to overthrow 
the uh, official results of the election. One group of fake electors, if you're following this, it's kind of weird, because among this group of fake electors in Michigan is a man named James Renner. That's me. I'm James Renner. There can be only one. But apparently, yeah, there's this old guy in his 70s named James Renner in Michigan who tried to help Trump overthrow this election. So it's not me. Uh, as far as I know, I'm not related to him, except maybe distantly, like in a Jeremy Renner sort of way. Uh, but yeah, it's been weird. So anyways, that charge carries a sentence of up to five years in prison by itself. Trump is also charged with conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, meaning the confirmation of Biden's election, which was happening as his mob stormed the Capitol. That carries a 20-year sentence and uh, obstruction of an official proceeding, which could come up with 10 years in prison, and conspiracy against rights, which carries a sentence of up to 10 years in prison, unless, this is where it gets weird, unless it involves murder, rape, or kidnapping, which is punishable by death. It's highly unlikely the prosecutors will attempt to actually ask for that. He's uh, going to have to either be elected at this point or uh, where he can pardon himself, right? Or he's going to have to cut some sort of deal. And maybe there is a deal that would get rid of, you know, he's facing charges here. He's also facing charges in New York. Soon, they say, to be facing charges in Georgia. Could he just make a big, you know, this is the deal maker himself. Could there be a deal in which all of these go away and he doesn't actually sit in a prison cell. I'm going to say, yeah, I think if he were, you know, we saw something very similar to this in some ways in Cleveland about about 20 years ago now. We had this mayor who um, could have been mayor for life, and there was this corruption going on. And it appears, although I don't think it's ever been confirmed, that uh, part of the deal was for him to go away and not come back. Is there such a deal that's possible for Trump if he said, hey, I'm, I'm going to pull out, I'm not going to run ever again, I'm going to apologize, I'll admit what I did. Is that enough? I think it might be. Maybe that's what they're after. Um, uh, that's the only play I could see for him to make here, unless he gets elected and pardons himself. Um, either way, we're living through a very historic moment. It's very interesting. Um, it's, it's terrible, but it's interesting. Uh, you know, back to Nixon, who could have faced prosecution of his own, he was smart enough to see it coming. And he, that's why he walked away from the presidency and then had his vice president pardon him. Trump didn't do this. He, he gambled and lost. So now, also, um, can we just take a moment to talk about this idea that you know, there are still some people... Trump doesn't believe this, is what the documents in court say. But there are some people, a lot of his disciples, who think that he really did lose that, or really did win that election, but lost, you know, because they, they fudged the results. That there's this grand conspiracy to take away the president from Trump. I don't understand that logic. And maybe you can explain it to me in a comment or whatever, but... Um, it's just we don't live in a world where a conspiracy of that magnitude could happen and people could get away with it. 
Um, it just doesn't happen. There's so many, in order for that to happen, we're talking about hundreds of people who had to know it was happening and then didn't have a, a change of heart after, after it at the end, or um, there's absolutely zero evidence that was found by investigators. There would have been some sort of trail. It just doesn't add up. People aren't that clever. People can't keep a secret. So I don't, I don't, just, I don't understand why people still cling to that. I mean, I guess they do. We, we do understand, right? But actress Leah Remini filed a lawsuit against the Church of Scientology and its leader, David Miscavige, Miscavige, sorry, in L.A. Superior Court on Wednesday, alleging harassment and defamation, according to Variety. Lee Remini is represented by Brad Edwards, by the way, who helped many of Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Remini joined Scientology as a child. I didn't know this, that she got in that, that early. She was eight years old. She left in 2013 after they told her that an alien named Xenu blew up a bunch of his enemies by flying them into a volcano, and then their dead souls started tormenting humans. So she heard that, and she was like, fuck that, I'm out. Since she left, she says members of Scientology have created hundreds of fake websites and social media profiles that they use to constantly harass and defame her. Scientology is starting to sound a little bit like the true crime uh, Reddit crowd. Um, Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard labeled anyone who disagreed with Scientology as a suppressive person who should be targeted by propaganda used to destroy them. It's kind of like it's like L. Ron Hubbard's Bible. It's like, let's go after these suppressive people, especially journalists. Uh, Remini says, quote, For 17 years, Scientology and David Miscavige have subjected me to what I believe to be psychological torture. <clears throat> Sorry. Defamation, surveillance, harassment, and intimidation significantly impacting my life and career, end quote. Here's the fun thing about Scientology, by the way. They don't operate like real churches because they aren't. And, uh, you know, most, you know, churches, you think about the Catholic Church and the whole scandals that envelop them for decades. Now, when they have to respond to the media, it's proper, it's respectful, not so much with Scientology. Here's what they said in response to the lawsuit. Quote, if Remini can no longer find a job, she has nobody to blame but herself. Obviously, everybody in Hollywood now knows what we already knew, that Remini is a horrible person and toxic to so many who have had the misfortune to come in contact with her, end quote. It's not a rational response. Does that, it, 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 my point is, um, Scientology in the United States is still treated as a church. Um, it's a cult. And unfortunately, like, and the argument could be made for other religions, right? But it's a cult. Uh, and unfortunately, like other countries, Germany, um, we here in the United States, we've not formally labeled them as such. Hopefully soon. The lawsuit comes just days before the pre-sentencing hearing for Scientologist actor Danny Masterson. That's that uh, stoner from the 70s show. He was convicted of rape earlier this year. It will be interesting to see if... Um, they can actually serve paperwork on David Miscavige, though. Uh, the current, he's the current director of Scientology. He's become very reclusive in recent years, hard to find, hard to pin down. It's always That, too, you know, if you're running a legit church, why is your leader 
running around trying to avoid any contact with legit people, media, police. Um, you don't see that in other religions. Uh, not on the up and up anyways. Uh, by the way, Remini herself led a mission to discover what happened to David Miscavige's wife, Shelley. Shelley hasn't been seen publicly since 2007. She's listed as a notable missing person on Wikipedia at the moment. I know I'm not supposed to drink a lot during the show. This is just Diet Coke, by the way. But, um, and I'm going to try, <laughs> I'll try to do less of that. I need a little caffeine kick. I got a comment last week that said, oh my God, I can't stand the sound of you drinking every five seconds. And I warned her that I was going to eat spaghetti this week. Um, but I'll try to do that. <laughs> I'll try to do that less and less. Apparently it upsets some people. A grand jury in Portland this week issued an indictment for a man named Nagasi Zuberi. This just happened on Wednesday on internet, uh, I'm sorry, interstate kidnapping charges. The FBI is asking for the public's health help to determine if he is responsible for further crimes. The story they told, I don't know if you've heard the story, I'm not seeing it widely reported yet, but the story that the FBI and police told at this press conference is the stuff of nightmares. Here's what happened. According to police, Zuberi drove to Seattle in the early morning hours of July 15th, where he picked up a sex worker, according to the Associated Press. Once he got her in his car, Zuberi told the woman that he was an undercover cop and showed her this fake badge. He then put her in handcuffs and leg irons and drove her back to his home in Klamath Falls, which is a small town in Southern Oregon. Along the way, he stopped multiple times to sexually assault the woman. Then once he got her back to his house, he put the woman in a makeshift concrete cell that he'd built in his garage and then locked her behind a door made of metal bars. After he left, the woman punched the door until she broke some of the welded joints, making just enough space for her to squeeze out. She injured her hand severely in the process. And then she had the sense of mind, this is amazing, she had the sense of mind to take Zuberi's gun out of his car before running outside. Uh, once she was outside, she flagged down a passing driver who called 911. When Zaveri realized the woman had escaped, he got out of town. Nevada State Police, though, caught up with him the very next day in a Walmart parking lot in Reno. Man, you know you're in trouble if you're hiding out in a Walmart parking lot in Reno. They uh, found Zaveri inside his car with one of his children. Uh, don't worry, during, after the standoff, the child was okay. Um, up until that point, Zaveri was trying to hurt himself and uh, destroy his phone, but they got him, and the kid's okay. The FBI is asking for anyone who may have counted Zuberi in the past to come forward. It's possible he could be responsible for more sexual assaults in other states. He has uh, <clears throat> been known to use aliases such as Sakima, Justin Hike, and Justin Quasit. He has lived in California, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Utah, Florida, New York, New Jersey, Alabama, and Nevada. So take a look at this photo. If you've had a run-in with this monster, please contact your local FBI field office. Uh, those are the top stories. After the break, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, Alicia Navarro. There's been some updates this week. 
and uh, we've got to get to Keegan Klein and Lori Vallow. Lots to come. Be right back in two and two. Please hang up and try again. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And we're back with The Streets of San Francisco, starring Carl Malden. Couple weird updates in the Elisa Navarro case this week. In case you missed the story last week, Alicia was she's this uh, well she was this girl she is this she's now a young woman. Jeez, uh, James, get it together. Uh, she's on the autism spectrum. Her mother says, and uh, she disappeared from her home in Arizona when she was just 14 years old, and then in late July of this year, she walked into a police station in Haver. Montana, which is about a thousand miles away from home, and asked politely that they take her off the missing persons list. Wild story, right? She's now 18 and free to do what she wants, but many wonder how she got to Montana when she was 14 and if an adult groomed her and took her away. Her mother believes she was groomed online, perhaps in a video game discussion board of some sort. Police have said that she's unharmed. And she says she's fine. Um, Even though she's 18, Alicia still looks like 14 at best. She's a small 
small kid. So obviously everybody is still concerned. You know, are we dealing with a case of the Stockholm Syndrome type thing going on here? Uh, anyways, this week we learned that armed officers entered the home where she was living with a 36-year-old man who worked at Walmart. Uh, this is according to the Daily Mail. Alicia was seen crying while the officers searched inside and questioned the man. She was then seen clearing out the place and leaving with this older man who no longer works for Walmart. Also this week, Alicia's mom, Jessica Nunez, pleaded for web sleuths and TikTok influencers to cut it out and stop harassing the family. People have been calling up their home, asking terrible questions, and pretending to be investigators. Just leave this one to police and journalists, please. Um, and everybody should just take a step, be patient, but I'll put money on the fact that uh, charges have to be coming uh, of, of some sort. So we're going to hear more about this case in the coming weeks. I guarantee it. A judge in Indiana has sentenced Keegan Klein to 40 years in prison for 25 charges related to child pornography, according to Channel 21 News. Klein used fake media profiles to solicit nude photos from underage girls online. According to the officer who did the forensic exam of Keegan's computers, the man used a profile under the name Emily Ann, which he would then use to link to his real profile of Keegan Klein and ask them, quote, would you have sex with my dad, end quote. He also used a fake profile called Anthony Shots that included a profile picture of a handsome male model, not exactly the Keegan Klein type person. Um, why male models, you might ask? I just told you. He uh, used Anthony shots uh, to solicit nudes. They found more than 100 Im images on his devices. He actually used that profile, Anthony shots, by the way, to communicate with Libby German shortly before she was murdered in Delphi, Indiana. It's lucky <clears throat> police linked that case to another man uh, and have arrested him, otherwise he'd pretty much be suspect number one. What are the chances, right? It's crazy. Uh, his predatory behavior did not stop once he was arrested, by the way. Uh, Keegan would trade information about his case and others, other cases with women who contacted him in jail in exchange for sexual conversations in prison. Uh, at his sentencing, Keegan read from a prepared statement, quote, I was in a deep state of depression and shut in my house. I wish I would have made choices to get a high school diploma and a driver's license. I made fake profiles because of my loneliness. He said he's not really attracted to kids, just teenagers, which is kind of a weird defense, right? It's like a burglar saying uh, they didn't break into homes to steal the cash, just the credit cards. Keegan, appeal, uh, he uh, intends to appeal his sentence. Good luck with that. Uh, speaking of awful people, Lori Vallow Daybell was sentenced to life in prison this week. Life in prison without parole. Uh, why? Because she murdered two children and conspired to murder her husband's previous wife. You remember Lori, right, from last year? We talked about her a lot. She's the one who got caught up in this doomsday cult 
and went to party in Hawaii while police searched for her missing kids. They later discovered that Lori had killed her daughter, 16-year-old Tylee Ryan, and, and also her son, 7-year-old Joshua Vallow, because she believed they were zombies possessed by evil spirits, according to the New York Times. In a bizarre courtroom rant, Lori said that she now speaks to Jesus and that her son JJ is now an adult spirit who works in heaven and is engaged to be married. Now, this is a horrific case, right? Absolutely terrible. I don't mean to make light of this tragedy, but if I find out that once I get to heaven, we all have to take on jobs again, I'm going to be very disappointed, right? Police in Florida have charged 61-year-old Jeffrey Norman Crum with the 30-year-old unsolved homicide of Jennifer Odom. Jennifer was 12 years old when she was abducted after getting off her school bus in rural Pasco County, Florida, in 1993. Her body was found six days later in an orange grove. The coroner said at the time that she died of blunt force trauma to her head. Since then, police have constantly been working the case. They really wanted to solve this one. They went down many rabbit holes and paths before eventually leading to Crumb. Uh, this according to the Tampa Bay Times. Jennifer participated in barefoot, barefoot water skiing competitions. She built forts with her sister, rode four-wheelers. Everybody describes her as absolutely full of life. Thirteen months before Jennifer was murdered, Pasco County detectives worked a very similar case. In that case, a 17-year-old girl was taken after getting off a school bus, and she was pulled into a vacant house where she was sexually assaulted and beaten. Luckily, she survived, even though she was left paralyzed on the left side. DNA taken from her crime scene connected Crum to that attack in 2015. So they got him for this this uh, other case that happened before Jennifer's. And as soon as they connected him, he became suspect number one in Jennifer's case. The, because the cases, the, the MO was so similar, right? So they thought they had their guy, but they weren't entirely sure. Uh, he was sentenced to life in prison for that uh, first case, by the way. So he's been sitting there in lockup ever since. Very easy for the police to get to. And now police are saying that biological evidence from Jennifer's case was re-examined and found to match Crum as well. At the time of her murder, he worked as a drywall installer and lived about 21 miles from her home. Nice work, guys. Uh, in weird news this week, a woman in New York filed a lawsuit against her former employer for sexual harassment and abuse. She was able to record her attacker on audio, and that recording was released as a transcript. I'm going to read to you what this man said to her, and feel free to guess who her employer was. Quote, these breasts belong to me. Nothing else can get near these, okay? I don't care if they're flirting or they give you business cards. These are mine. You got it? Quote, let the doorman wait outside to bring in the luggage. Wait, wait. We need a little time alone. Yeah, I need a little time alone with my girlfriend here, with my daughter, with my little girl. End quote. Gross, right? So who was that? You might have guessed it. Former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani. What a guy, right? Uh, 
now thinking back on that scene from Borat, uh, it's much creepier. Into pop culture, there's a new series on Netflix, How to Become a Cult Leader. It's not an informa information uh, video. It's not an infomercial, as they say. This is not like, you're not supposed to watch this and learn to become a cult leader. This is like explaining how these people became cult leaders. The cults discussed in the series include the Manson family, People's Temple, uh, Buddha, <coughs> Buddha Field. I haven't heard of that one, Buddha Field. Um, sounds like a sports drink. Uh, Heaven's Gate, On uh, Shin Shinrikyo, and the Unification Church. Uh, narrated by Game, Game of Thrones' Peter Dinklage, interesting choice, uh, the series features interviews with experts like former federal prosecutor and CNN legal analyst Eileen Honig, author and former Unification Church member Diane Bescotter, and a bunch of other people. Um, so check it out, How to Become a Cult Leader on Netflix. That's your go-to for this week. And normally this is the part of the show where I recommend a true crime book. Um, but if, you know, if you haven't read Little Crazy Children yet, it, it's out. But uh, I don't want to talk about a book this week. For your reading this week, you should check out The, the New Yorker. Um, there's a new article by a writer named Rachel Monroe in, in the latest edition of The New Yorker. It's a very thoughtful and in-depth profile of Adventures with Purpose and its founder, Jared Lysak. Uh, you might remember this case from last year. Maybe you're into Adventures with Purpose. They have a great YouTube following. They've actually done some really great work, right? Uh, they, they're the ones that, that dive, they're scuba divers, and they go looking for missing people that have disappeared with their cars. Because if somebody's been gone for decades and they haven't found the person or their car, uh, it's, it's likely that that car is actually in a body of water, which is why it hasn't been found, right? Like it crashed off a bridge or rolled into a lake, something like that. So they go into bodies of water near where these people have gone missing and look for these sunken, sunken vehicles. And they've had a great success rate. They've solved a lot of, a lot of these cold cases with scuba diving. It's very interesting. But there's a but to this. Lysak rose to fame because of Adventures with Purpose. And then as his name got out there, as his image got out there, his cousin saw a news article about him. She came forward alleging that he raped her when she was nine or 10 years old and he was 15 or 16 years old. So Lysak is now charged with rape but he will be charged as, a, he, he was charged as a juvenile. He's tried in juvenile court and will be sentenced as a juvenile once he's convicted because this happened when he was still 15 or 16, even though he is now 47. It's a very difficult case and the article and the writer do a good job bringing up the ethical conundrum that this case provides. So, it's, 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 an int it's interesting to think about. These allegations um, came out during the court, well, during the filing and this, in, in, um, this writer's investigation into the case where there's allegations that there was rampant sexual abuse in the extended family that was going on. 
So I'm at this point very curious as to who might have initially groomed Lysik himself. What else was going on in that family? What adults may or may not have been involved? Uh, what we have here is, is sad and tragic. It's a 15 or 16 year old assaulting a nine or 10 year old. Um, but did he continue this behavior into adulthood? There's no evidence of that. Um, and if he had been charged at age 15 or 16, I don't think his name would have been published. Shouldn't he then be afforded that same treatment if the crime occurred then? It's a weird ethical conundrum. I don't know where I sit on it, by the way. Uh, I see it from both sides, but it's something to think about in this case because it's very unique. And that's the show for this week. Uh, you know, next week I'll try to find a little lighter fare. Even though it's crime, you know, maybe there's some, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can make it a little lighter next week. This seems like a very dark episode. I don't know about you. But, hey, here's the silver lining. It's the weekend now, folks. And that's always reason to celebrate. And in the words of Murray Saul, I don't know if you know this guy, but he was the incomparable Murray Saul, uh, the AKA godfather of Cleveland radio. What he used to say is, we got to, 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 get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a fearful symmetry production. Photo and artwork are licensed through Shutterstock. If you like the cut of my jib, I have another podcast you might enjoy called The Philosophy of Crime, in which I attempt to solve the big questions behind our true crime obsession by looking to philosophy for answers. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Sit, Brownie, sit. Good dog.